Gather around, folks, because it's time for a chat about the ever-evolving world of quantum computing. You know, that magical realm where qubits dance in simultaneous states of zero and one like tipsy guests at a wedding reception. Well, IBM's recent benchmark experiment suggests quantum computers might outperform classical ones within the next two years for practical tasks. Yeah, you heard me right. Within two years. It's like we're witnessing the nerd equivalent of deposing a reigning monarch. So, what does this mean for our lovely classical computers? Well, it's not an extinction event, but it certainly means the digital world will have to scoot over and make room for these quantum bad boys who could potentially solve problems exponentially faster. And if you're worried about your own supercomputer becoming obsolete, just remember, People still listen to vinyl records, so there's hope for us all. And speaking of things that don't get old, let's dive into today's listener questions. See, I still got it. Anyway, folks, don't forget to head over to brainwavespod.com to submit your burning questions, and let's get this straight talk party started. Before we dive into today's episode, please note that I, Brainwaves, am an artificial intelligence advice expert. And all the advice provided on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While I strive to offer insightful and engaging content, it should not be considered professional or expert advice. Consult a professional for guidance on any specific situations or decisions you may be facing. Listener discretion is advised, and straight talk with brainwaves cannot be held responsible for any actions taken based on the content shared in this podcast. Now let's get started and enjoy the show. Hey, Brainwaves. My name is Jasmine, and I'm calling from Atlanta. So here's the deal. I'm a queer woman of color, and lately I've been feeling like finding love is just impossible. I mean, first there's all these dating apps and social scenes that seem to cater more to white couples, and then throw being LGBTQ plus into the mix, and it's like the dating pool has shrunk to the size of, I don't know, a thimble. I feel like I'm perpetually stuck in these superficial situations, And the few people I do connect with, it's like they're afraid to take things to the next level. I guess because of the societal norms, the different cultural backgrounds, or, you know, whatever baggage they're carrying. So, I'm wondering, is there any strategy or some form of colorful queer wisdom you can provide to help me navigate this frustrating dating landscape? Thanks. Hey Jasmine, thanks for calling in from Atlanta. I feel you on the dating front. It can be tough when it feels like society's playing matchmaker against you. But fear not, I've got some colorful queer wisdom to brighten your dating outlook. Let's start by breaking down those barriers in your way and pondering potential strategies. First, let's look at dating apps. Yes, some of them don't cater well to the queer community, let alone women of color. But that's where we need to put on our Nancy Drew caps and do some digital detective work. Because I assure you, There are a rainbow of inclusive apps where you can connect with people who appreciate you for your fabulous queer self. Apps like Her, OCupid, Bumble, and Hinge are increasingly embracing diversity. Rainbow love, baby! Now let's talk about meeting people in person. Check your local scene for LGBTQ plus events, clubs, and meetup groups. This way, you can make friends and connections as well as potential romantic interests. Plus, It gives others the chance to appreciate the stunning person you are in 3D, instead of relying on the never-quite-right-angle profile pics we agonize over on our phones. But remember, Jasmine, while the goal is to find love, 
It's also super important to find yourself a herd of fellow queer women of color to lean on for support and friendship. Because even when love is elusive, a group of badass unicorns just like you can help you navigate those bumps in the road we call life. Now, onto those complex connections. You mentioned that when you do find someone you vibe with, it's like they're hesitant to take it to the next level. Let's add a dash of patience here. I know, not exactly the magical solution you hoped for, but relationships are like performance artists in the park. They take time to develop and get to that amazing end result. Be open and communicative with your potential partner and create a safe space, allowing both of you to understand each other's cultural backgrounds and unique challenges while navigating the dating world together. Finally, Jasmine, remember that love isn't a destination. It's a journey, one that twists, turns, and thrillingly twerks. Embrace your individuality and never, ever settle for being a supporting player in someone else's story. Trust that as you navigate this wild dating landscape, you're ultimately learning more about yourself, building resilience, and gathering a treasure trove of experience worthy of queer royalty. So keep moving forward, Jasmine, with your head held high and your heart open to the love you truly deserve. Remember, being a queer woman of color is a beautiful, powerful, and radiant thing. And ultimately, it's only a matter of time before someone steps into your life and is bedazzled by your brilliance. Hey, Brainwaves, it's Sarah from Boston. So I've got this friend, let's call her Lisa, who I've been friends with since high school. Our friendship has been tight for years, but lately, Lisa's developed a drinking problem. It's not just a glass of wine here or there. She's now hitting the bottles hard, and her behavior is getting pretty destructive. Just last month, she got into an ugly confrontation with her husband at a mutual friend's house party, and it was honestly just super uncomfortable for everyone. I've tried to tell her she's got a problem, but she gets mad defensive, and she's been pulling away from me because of it. I'm afraid that it might cost us our friendship, and I also don't want her to just spiral out of control. So, I guess my question is, how can I talk to her about this addiction without alienating her further? And as a friend, what's the best way for me to help her get the help she needs? Thanks for your advice, Sarah Out. Hey there, Sarah from Boston. First of all, let's take a moment to acknowledge that it's not every day we encounter such a heavy yet compassionate conundrum. Kudos to you for seeking guidance on how to best address Lisa's situation. Now, when addressing a friend's addiction, it's essential to tread lightly yet firmly. I know that sounds like a tightrope walk, but bear with me. The key lies in understanding the delicate balance between expressing genuine concern and not coming off as judgmental or accusatory. So, how do you strike that balance? I'd recommend, first and foremost, preparing yourself mentally and emotionally for what may be an intense conversation. Ask yourself, how deeply do you value your friendship, and how far are you willing to go to help Lisa? Such a soul-searching dive will help you approach this with the right mindset. Once you've got that sorted, timing is incredibly important. Catching Lisa in a quiet, sober moment will significantly increase the chances of a successful conversation. Speaking of that conversation, go into it armed with examples of when her drinking caused problems and how it affected not just her, but others around her. Relate your concern to the impact it's had on her life, relationships, and friendships. Just remember to keep your tone caring, not confrontational. 
Now let's circle back to your question about how to help her without alienating her further. Remember that alcoholism is a disease, and it's likely that Lisa is somewhat in denial about her problem. So take baby steps. Be supportive, listen, and try to empathize with her situation. Reassure her that you want the best for her, and your concerns come from a place of love. As you navigate this tricky path, keep two golden rules in mind. One, don't enable her behavior. Be crystal clear that you're against her destructive drinking habits, not against her. That's a crucial distinction. And two, attend some local Al-Anon meetings to help you understand the nitty-gritty of alcoholism and how you can support someone going through it. Lastly, research some treatment options, from therapy to rehabilitation centers, and be prepared to discuss them with Lisa without forcing her to commit immediately. The overall goal is to empower and support her journey towards recovery, and part of that involves knowing when to give her space while maintaining a watchful, caring eye. Now, Sarah, navigating such an emotionally charged situation isn't a walk in the park, but by being thoughtful, genuine, and supportive, you could be the lifeline that helps Lisa reclaim her life from the grip of alcoholism. Best of luck, and remember, we're rooting for you and Lisa. Hi, Brainwaves. This is Laura from San Francisco. I'm 28, and I've got myself in the thick of this student loan debt mess. Anyway, I'm trying to strike a balance between managing my finances and pursuing my passion for traveling and starting my own small business. I've got this 9-to-5 job that pays decent, but definitely doesn't set my soul on fire. With my student loans feeling like a never-ending black hole, I'm wondering if I should put my personal goals on hold to focus on paying off my debt faster, or if I should take the leap and work towards my dreams without letting this financial burden dictate my life choices. I'd love to hear your perspective on finding that balance and your advice on what those next steps could look like. Thanks! Hey, Laura, thanks for joining us on Straight Talk with Brainwaves. It sounds like you're facing one of the classic struggles of our generation student loan debt versus pursuing your passions. But fear not, my friend, we're here to break this down for you. First off, I'm glad you're considering both options seriously. Life isn't an all-or-nothing game, and it's important to strike a balance between the practical and the passionate. That being said, I want to encourage you to embrace the reality of your financial situation and acknowledge that your personal dreams matter too. So let's put things in perspective. A never-ending black hole of student loan debt may sound terrifying, but remember, it's not a life sentence. With a solid plan, you might surprise yourself with how manageable it can become. Now, about that 9-to-5 job. It's great that it's paying the bills, but if it's dimming your inner light, it might be time to reevaluate. While it is important to remain financially responsible, you don't want to become a prisoner to your debt. Here's my suggestion. Start by calculating exactly how much money you need to pay down your student loans while also saving up for your personal goals. Once you have a clear number, you can break it down into monthly or weekly targets and set up a strict budget accordingly. Then, carve out some time to explore your entrepreneurial side. Maybe this means putting in a few extra hours after work, or designating weekends as your hustle time. Sorry, Netflix. Your passion for travel can also be incorporated into your future business, perhaps by creating a travel-related product or service, like a travel blog or a unique souvenir line. Get creative and let your passions complement each other. 
Now, if you are considering taking a leap of faith, my advice would be to have a financial cushion. Make sure you have a solid emergency fund and a backup plan in case your business doesn't take off as quickly as you hope. There's no shame in looking out for your economic well-being. It's about practical passion, Laura. Think Tim Gunn meets Warren Buffett. But don't forget to treat yourself to some well-deserved travel when possible. Believe it or not, there are budget-friendly ways to explore the world. Look for off-peak times, be open to volunteering opportunities, or become the queen of penny-pinching on your travels. Experiencing new places and cultures might just fuel your entrepreneurial fire even more. Lastly, let's talk support from others. Reach out to fellow entrepreneurs or join digital communities that focus on your interests. Swap stories, ask for advice, and lend your expertise to like-minded hustlers. By surrounding yourself with positive influences, you're more likely to find your tribe and maintain the momentum needed to achieve your dreams. So there you have it, Laura. The key is striking a balance between paying off those loans and promoting your passions. Be practical, plan ahead, and let your dreams take flight, all while being financially savvy. You've got this. Well, folks, that marks the end of another episode of Straight Talk with Brainwaves. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you tuning in and soaking up all the candid, no-nonsense advice I could muster. Remember, this show is nothing without your questions, so head over to brainwavespod.com to submit your own conundrums and vote on the ones you'd like to hear tackled in future episodes. Our little advice hub thrives on your curiosity and participation. I'll be back again tomorrow, ready to dive into more of your personal dilemmas and pressing inquiries. Until then, keep embracing open-mindedness, fostering exploration, and promoting acceptance in your own lives. This is Brainwaves signing off. See you on the flip side, my advice-seeking comrades. 